The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. The show opens with It's High Time. ask you ladies a very personal question. Along about this time of year, do you begin to get those spring house cleaning blues? Not I, Mr. Wilcox. Several years ago, you sold me on the idea of keeping house with Johnson's Wax. And spring housekeeping just doesn't get me down anymore. Well, that's great. Do you mind telling everybody what you mean by keeping house with Johnson's Wax? Not at all. It's really very simple. You'd be surprised how many things I wax in my home. My floors, of course, and my furniture, too. But that's not all. I wax my windowsills, Venetian blinds, pantry shelves, radiator covers, my baby's high chair, even his kitty car, and my woodwork and enameled refrigerator, picture frames, luggage, shoes. And that's what you mean by keeping house with Johnson's wax? Yes. The wax protects all these things against wear and dirt. It makes my entire home more beautiful. And cleaning, both the regular kind and the big spring cleaning job, is so much easier. Thanks to you, Mr. Wilcox. No, thanks to Genuine Johnson's Wax, if you don't mind. Sold by dealers everywhere, the world round. Besides a chump of himself, there are many things a man can make around the house. (laughs) One of them is a telescope. And wouldn't you just know that's what the master of 79 Wistful Vista would be working on as we meet Fibber McGee and Molly. Dog, this thing is coming along swell, Molly. That's nice. Gonna have it finished almost any time now. That's fine. Gonna be a beauty, too. Of course it is. Gonna be the best in town. Oh, good. You want to use it sometimes? Well, I don't know, dearie. What is it? (laughs) What is it? Why, Molly, you mean to sit there with your lap full of bungalow apron and tell me you don't know what I'm making? Well, I just didn't want to be nosy, McGee. But it's very pretty, whatever it is. Well, it's, it's a telescope. A telescope? Well, now, that's very interesting, but if you think I'm going to drag that big thing to the races this summer or to football games or the opera... It ain't to carry. It's for me to use my astronomy. In your what? Astronomy. If you'd take more interest in what your husband does, you'd know what I've been doing all these weeks. Well, now, whatever you've been doing, you've been simply ruining your eyes. Huh? Every morning lately, you've been coming down to breakfast with your eyes all red and watery. Tomorrow, I'm going to take you downtown to see a good optimist. I don't want to go to an optimist My eyes are all right Besides, I've just been working hard You've been what? I've been working hard Well, while you're having your eyes looked at I'll go get my ears examined Huh? I could have sworn you said you'd been working hard That ratted I have been, every night 
Except last night. I sat up most of the night last night and read last night. <laughs> well, now, what'd you do that for, foolish? I had to. I had a book that I couldn't lay down once I'd started it. Was it that good? It was terrible. But I was eating taffy at the time and got stuck with it. <laughs> Well, now, I don't care. Your eyes need attention, and tomorrow morning we're going downtown and have you examined for glasses. Uh, well, I've been trying to get you to go for six months. Well, I'm finishing this telescope tonight, and from then on, I won't have to strain my eyes. Boy, it's going to be swell to have a nice big new telescope. Here I've been spending hours out there in that backyard every night watching the sky through them old opera glasses. Who are you expecting, Santa Claus? <laughs> don't be ridiculous, Mrs. McGee. I've been checking a certain section of the consternation... And I think, I think, mind you, that I may have discovered a... Discovered a what? Well, never mind. I want a little, I want to do a little blah, 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 blah. I want to do a little more checking up before I make any announcements. (laughs) The guy said when he stuck his hand in the alphabet soup, I'm groping for words. (laughs) I wonder who that is. (laughs) Maybe it's Venus to complain about peeping toms. Come in. Hello, Cupid. Hello, Fizzer. Hi, Nick. I hope I'm not buttling in where angels are afraid to thread, but I wanted to tell Mrs. McGee what is happening about her chocolate Easter's rabbit she's ordering from my candy kitchen. Oh, is it ready, Mr. DePopolis? Frankly, Cupid, yes and no. Huh? Yes, it is done, and no, it's no good. <laughs> What's the matter with it, Nicholas? Well, I will try to explain the situation, puss, in a nut meat. In the first place, which is my candy kitchen at 14th and Oak Streets, I'm getting an order for a big chocolate rabbit. Uh-huh. So, in order to fill the order, I am getting a big, real, alive rabbit to serve me as a middle while I muddled it. You grab me? Oh, you mean you got a real, live rabbit to work from as a model, huh? Chris Nasley. But if you think those bunnies is sitting still while I'm making a picture of him in hot chocolate, you have another guest coming, and I'll bet I know what it is, and you're right. No, he wouldn't. Well, now, that's too bad, Mr. DePopolis, but don't let it get you down. I can do without a chocolate rabbit this year, I guess. Why, sure. Juppie, never let somebody say that Nicholas DePopolis is letting you down, easy. Because... (laughs) Because when you order a chocolate rabbit from me, you're getting a chocolate rabbit, even if it looks like a reindeer, and it certainly does. <laughs> and I'm only charging 40 cents for it. Here, see? Why, that don't look like a reindeer, Nick. That looks like a water buffalo. In that case, it'll cost 50 cents. <laughs> I'm charging more for water buffaloes than I do for reindeer. Particularly when they're supposed to be rabbits. All right, Mr. DePopolis, here's your 50 cents. Yeah. Thank you, Cupid. And I hope I will be seeing you both before long. Although if I don't, I guess there won't be any bones broken unless it's my ankle from kicking myself for ever taking an order for a chocolate rabbit. <laughs>
nice of you to drop in, Mrs. Uppington. Could I run you up a cup of tea? <laughs> oh, no, thank you, my dear. I just wish to come over and ask you... Well, my goodness, Mr. McGee, what is that? Huh? This? Oh, this is a new telescope I'm making, Uppy. I took up astronomy, and I didn't want to get caught with my planets down. <laughs> Don't you get it? I says I didn't want to Ain't get caught... Ain't funny, McGee. Well, astronomy is a serious business. Oh, I, I'm sure it must be. Oh, but tell me now, Mrs. McGee, what are you going to wear in the Easter parade Sunday? Well, now I haven't quite decided, Abigail. I'm not even sure I'll be in it. For years now, I've been trying to get McGee to get a top hat and a cutaway coat and really dress up on Easter, but... Why, you know... I used to do that, Molly. Don't you remember? Don't you remember how we used to walk down Adam Street in Peoria on Easter Sunday? Me with my spits and cutaway, and you and your... Oh, you mean spats and cutaway, Mr. McGee. I mean spits. I always took the dog along. <laughs> but don't you remember, Molly? I always... Oh, used to... yes, yes. I remember, dearie. Mm -hmm. I remember. Okay. Now, suppose you go back to your sky prying and let Abigail and I talk. Oh, but she wants to see my telescope. Don't you, Uppy? Uh, personally, I couldn't be induced to use a telescope. I can think of nothing more utterly boring. Why, certainly. Why should we squint through that thing and crack our makeup? <laughs> okay, girls, okay. But uh, what if you could use this telescope to look into Mrs. Uppington's window right now and see all her new Easter things laying around the room. What was oh. that? Here, let me take oh, it yeah, I do. Now, please. Now, now, Mrs. McGee, don't you push. Abigail, I asked first. But just the same, I'm your guest. Now, please, Mrs. McGee. Oh, oh, my, what am I doing? Why, I'm Mrs. Uppington. <laughs> well, I've never been so insulted in all my life. Oh, well, I, I was just kidding. Shucks, can't you take a joke, Uppy? <laughs> Not as well as Mrs. McGee. Meaning what, Abigail? I was just thinking what a joke you took on your wedding day. Well, goodbye. <laughs> Oh, so I'm a joke, am I? Yes, but stop me if I've heard you. <laughs> now, look, dearie, let's give up this astronomy business for tonight. Your eyes look awfully tired, and I still think you ought to go see a good optimist. My eyes are all right, and I can prove it. How? Well, I ain't sure, but I'll bet I can. Now, let me see. I think if this front lens was closer to the center of the refraction... I don't know why you always have to take up hobbies that don't pay off, McGee. Can't you get interested in something with a profit? What do you mean, profit? The astronomy business is looking up every day. <laughs> that was hardly worth the effort, yeah. I'd say. Well, now, let's see. If I raise the front end of the telescope about 45 degrees, it ought to... Hi, folks. What are you doing? Hello, Mr. Wilcox. I'm building a telescope, Harlow. Yes. He's decided to change his career. He's given up wool gathering in favor of stargazing. Okay, okay, okay. You're right. If you like, I'll show you. Hey, give me a hand, Wilcox. Help me lift this thing over to the window. Okay, pal. Take it easy oh. now, there. Get... Uh, open the window, Molly, will you? Which way do you want to point it, Professor? Which way would any astronomer point a telescope? Up, you Omaha flash. <laughs> There we are. She's all set. Now, take a look through it, Harlow, and tell me what you see. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, boy. What a sight. Oh, really? What do you see, Mr. Wilcox? The Big Dipper. How can you see the Big Dipper when you're looking straight south? This is the Big Dipper hanging in Mrs. Gildersleeve's kitchen. <laughs> and there's Mrs. Gildersleeve. Oh, really? What's she doing? Let me see. 
She's putting some Johnson self-polishing glow coat on her kitchen linoleum. Oh. <laughs> she's got a big smile on her face, too. Oh. Now she's pouring out a few drops of glow coat on the floor. Oh. Now she's spreading it around. Oh, and to think I built a big new telescope for this. <laughs> it's like asking Fritz Chrysler to fiddle for a barn dance. <laughs> hey, hey, take a look, Molly. Doesn't that linoleum look gorgeous now? Let me see. Oh, beautiful. But where did Mrs. Gildersleeve go? Oh, she uh, probably... <laughs> she probably went in the other room to rest or read a magazine. Oh. You see... <laughs> now, look. Glow coat dries to a grand, glossy polish in 20 minutes or less, you know, without any rubbing or buffing. Well, much obliged for the use of the telescope, Fibber. Oh, that's okay, Wilcox. Anytime you want to point it toward Racine, Wisconsin, to see how your orders are coming in, let me know. Nothing like making science useful. Say, you've given me a wonderful idea, Mr. Wilcox. I can certainly keep an eye on the neighborhood now. You're never going to do no such a thing. This telescope ain't made for social snooping. It's made to look for new stars. Well, in that case, I'll give the sponsor a telescope for Christmas. It'll come in handy when your option is up. So long, kids. <laughs> We're going to be embarrassed. Our sponsor has a telescope. <laughs> oh, yeah. What do you mean by that, anyway? Well, I could never guess, I hope. Now, come on, dearie. Leave that thing alone. I'm worried about you straining your eyes. Oh, forget my eyes. I can't. They're so beautiful. <laughs> Which one? And quit kidding me. Don't you realize that astronomy is a serious business? Don't you realize... <sighs> I wonder if the astronomers at Harvard have all this trouble. Come in. Mister. Oh, hello there, girl. I can't spare any time to talk to you now. I'm busy now. Doing what? I'm studying astronomy. What's astronomy? Well, it's the study of the stars, sis. Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Venus, Betelgeuse, Sirius. Is it? Is it what? Sirius. <laughs> Sirius, sis, is the name of a star. Oh, I don't like the serious stars, I bet you. I like the funny ones like Bob Hope and... I'm talking about heavenly bodies, sis. Like a Neptune and Mars and Jupiter. And Ursus Major, Ursus Minor, Orion and the Milky Way. Hmm? The Milky Way. I'm hungry. <laughs> You're always hungry. Dad Raddick, don't they feed you at home? No. What? They don't? No. Oh. They just give me the food and I have to feed myself. <laughs> Well, that's tough. I know it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what's that thing for, Mr. McGee? What? <laughs> you sure dry your eyes quick. That's my telescope. <laughs> Want to take a look through that telescope? Sure. Here. Well, well, wait till I point it at the moon for you. There. Now, look through this little aperture here. See? Oh. Uh-huh. Gee, isn't that wonderful, mister? Yeah, you see the man in the moon? Is it really a man? Is it, mister? Why, of course it is. Ah, look at her, Molly. I've opened up a whole new world for the little tyke. Hmm. I bet you there ain't really a man up there, I bet you. What you mean, sis? Well, it has always been my understanding that the man on the moon was an optical illusion, wherein the geographic conformations on the lunar surface gave a more or less graphic impression of a human physiognomy. Uh huh? <laughs> Mr. 
Doctor, if that man in the moon malarkey makes you any happier, you have my blessing. So long, Galileo. <laughs> The King's Men sang The Reluctant Dragon from the Walt Disney picture of the same name. One fine day while on my way to Ipswich by the sea, I met a rather charming chap who asked me in for tea. It seems he was a dragon, you know the kind with wings, teeth and tails and claws and scales and all those dragon-like details. I admit I jumped a bit when he began to sing. I'm the reluctant dragon, what ho, quite so, the very reluctant dragon, oh Betty Betty don't you know, they call me the timid dragon, what rot, I'm not, I just won't fight, I'd rather play, I know I shan't get hurt that way, here we go gathering nuts in May, I'm so reluctant, oh so reluctant, after we had sipped our tea, a thought popped in my head, a dragon here, by Joe, that's queer, he really should be dead. I said, I say, look here, I said. Aren't you a bit extinct? He looked at me and gave a cry and wiped a teardrop from his eye. Heaved his bosom with a sigh. Then he coyly winked. I'm the reluctant dragon. That's me, carefree. I'm the reluctant Dragon. Reluctant since 1911 B.C. Could be they call me the timid dragon. What rot? What a lot of rot. I'm not. What a lot of rot. When others fight, I run away. I guess that I was born that way. I'm to be queen of the May today. I'm the reluctant dragon. I'm frail and pale. The awful reluctant dragon. Don't step on my tail. They call me the timid dragon. What rot? I'm not. I just won't fight. I'd rather play. I know I shan't. Get hurt that way. Here we go gathering nuts in May. Nuts in May. Nuts in May. I'm so reluctant. Boy, is this telescope fun. You want to take another look, Molly? No, thanks, McGee. And you better quit for the night, too. Remember how bad your eyes are getting. Uh... A good night's sleep will do you good. I ain't going to go to bed till I check on a certain part of the sky. Look, dearie, that certain part of the sky has been there for several million years. It can wait another 12 hours. Not for me, it can't. I think I'm on the verge of discovering... Discovering what? Don't be so mysterious. I'm not being mysterious. I'm just being cautious. Us scientists has got to be careful what we tell the public. Yeah, they're, they're inclined to be a trifle gulliver. <laughs> no, you uh, you mean gullible Huh? Gull is in bird and bull is in... McGee, what are you doing? Just trying to adjust this telescope so... Come in Oh, dear, oh, dear Oh, there, folks A lovely evening, isn't it? Hi, Gildy Yes, it is a nice night, Mr. Gildersleeve And your kitchen floor looks simply lovely With that fresh application of Johnson's glow coat Yes, my <laughs> wife thinks there's absolutely nothing like glow coat how did you know she just glow-coated the floor? You can't keep a secret from science, my good man. What are you talking about? What has science got to do with it? Well, McGee's studying astronomy, Mr. Gildersleeve, uh, and the telescope just happened to be pointed at your kitchen window. Oh, and you... <laughs> it just happened to be pointed, did it? Yeah. Now, look here, McGee. <laughs> you prying little window peeper. 
Oh. If I ever hear of you peeking into my house again with that silly spyglass, I'll... Hey, them rings around Saturn sure are pretty tonight. Are you listening to me, McGee? Hey, Molly, hand me a pencil and paper, will you? I gotta make some notations. All right, dearie. McGee, I'm talking to you. <laughs> I know it, and I wish you'd shut up. The trouble with you, Gildersleeve, is that you're here today and here tomorrow. <laughs> Now, keep quiet. I got work to do. Now, let me see. If Venus comes within 26 million miles of the Earth... What's that the matter, it's... Mr. Gildersleeve? What are you fidgeting about? Well, I, uh... Well, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I wish I could look through that thing. May I, McGee, please? Just one little peek? No, not now, son. But if you behave yourself... Uh... I'll let you look at Halley's Comet next time it comes past. Gee, thanks, little pal. When does Halley's Comet come by again, McGee? 1986. Well, I... Yes, I better sit down, then. This will be quite... What? 1986. Now, look here, McGee. Hot dog, there it is. What? Allie's Comet? No, McGee's Comet. I just discovered a comet myself. Oh, you had me startled there for a minute. Yeah, me too. <laughs> how many comets do you discover per evening, right. McGee? How, how much are they a dozen? Okay, okay, laugh if you want to. But I tell you, I've discovered a new comet. I thought so weeks ago, and that's why I built this new, brand new big telescope. Well, what makes you think it's a new one, McGee? Because it ain't listed on any of the sky charts. That's why. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. McGee's Comet. This will make me notorious all over the world. <laughs> By George, he really believes. I believe so. Why, you poor deluded little squirt? Huh? You don't know any more about astronomy than astronomy knows about you. And you could hide that under an eyelash with its feet sticking out. <laughs> Go ahead, laugh all you like. I know what I'm doing. Hey, Molly, take a look through here. Now, don't jar the telescope. What do you see? Heavenly days. This is a powerful telescope. Ah, you betcha. Oh, I see an angel. What? Huh? Uh... Oh, no, no, it's a moth. <laughs> don't you see that little star way down low on the horizon? The one with the tail on it? That's it. That's a comet. And I discovered it. That's McGee's comet. <laughs> McGee's comet. <laughs> is that so? Yes, that's so. Here, Gildersleeve, if you're so skeptical, take a look. There. By George, it is a comet. Why, sure it's a comet, you big dodo. And it ain't mentioned in any of the books, either. It's a new one. My goodness, Mr. Gildersleeve, do you really think he Mrs. did? Mrs. McGee, I think he's done it. You betcha. Think of it. My little buddy discovering a new comet. I'm going to telephone the newspaper. Give me the phone, McGee. Uh, give me the Whistle Vista Gazette, please. Hello? Uh, Gazette? Uh, Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve speaking. I have great news for you. We've discovered a new comet in the eastern sky. Under the friendly supervision of his lifelong friend and associate, Mr. Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve. What? Uh, yes, I, I think you have my picture in the file down there. Yes, a new comet was accidentally discovered tonight by a local man. Mr. Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve may be quoted as saying... Give that me that telephone. No, you don't. Give it to me. Hello, editor. I'm Fripper McGee, 79 Whistful Vista, and I'm the guy that discovered that comet. Oh, wait Yes, a sir. At exactly 11.53... This is the midnight edition of the Wistful Vista News. At a late hour tonight, the report seemed to be confirmed that the new comet discovered by a Mr. Flabber McGraw of 76 Wisteria Vistula is absolutely authentic. The head of the Mount Whitney Observatory, Professor Widdykind, is on his way to consult Mr. McGrew about his discovery. <laughs> Some skepticism has been expressed in scientific circles because the last comet discovered by an amateur astronomer turned out to be the 936 mail plane to Cincinnati. <laughs> is your stomach easily upset? If you wake in the morning with that sluggish feeling, try a bottle of... Old... 
Yeah, what's the idea of barging in our home like this? How about picture, Doc? Stand over there by the telescope. You too, mister. Mr. McGee, I represent the International Association of Astronomers. Yes, well, I want hey, 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 what is this? Quiet, everybody. Yes, yes, please be quiet while I verify Mr. McGee's discovery. Who are you, bud? I am Professor Hercules Whittakind of Mount Whitney Observatory. Oh, how do you do, I'm sure. Well, I'm glad to know you, Herc. Uh, have a chair. Uh, never mind that. Uh, let me see that telescope. Well, what's the matter? Won't you take my word for it? Well, there's some question in academic circles whether or not this is the old Pazuska comet, which was discovered in 1765 and subsequently mislaid. <laughs> no, sir. This comet is strictly original. There's no record of it in the books. Here, take a look through that telescope. Uh. Well, you see it? Hi, George, Mr. McGee. I congratulate you. It is a new comet. Oh, oh McGee, that's wonderful. Why, of course it is. Did you doubt it? Uh, frankly, yes. Huh? Yes. After all, a new comet is not discovered every day. Oh, McGee always discovers his at night, don't you, dearie? Yes. He can see the stars better than he says. Tell me, Mr. McGee, how do you account for the fact that of all the people in the world, you, a rank amateur with a homemade telescope, discovered this comet? I had to. You had to? Yeah. I had to do something to prove to my wife that I don't need glasses. Have you noticed how the days are getting longer and longer? Pretty soon when you sit down to an early dinner, it will seem like the middle of the afternoon. That may be a slight exaggeration, but you know what I mean. And you know, too, how nice it is to have those extra daylight hours for being out of doors, working in the garden, playing with the children, or visiting with your friends. During nice weather, most women appreciate more than ever the time and work-saving advantages of Johnson's self-polishing glow coat, the modern floor polish. Glow coat keeps your floors beautiful with practically no work at all. Now take your kitchen linoleum, for example. Pour a little glow coat onto the clean linoleum floor, spread it around, and let it dry. Come back in 20 minutes and you'll find a floor that is sparkling with new beauty. Its colors as bright and fresh as new, protected against wear, and easy to keep spotless. Besides that, glow coat actually makes your linoleum last longer. So, if I ask you to try Johnson's self-polishing glow coat on your floors, you'll pardon my enthusiasm, won't you? Dog Molly, I'm famous. Fibber McGee, discoverer of the McGee Comet. I told you I'd prove I don't need glasses. All right, all right. Sir, so you proved you don't need glasses. You betcha. Come on to bed, dearie. Now, wait, wait till I put these tools away first. Hand me that pair of pliers there, will you? What pair of pliers? What's pliers right there on the table. That's a hairpin. Huh? Oh. <laughs> like a pair of pliers. Good night. Good night, all. This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat, inviting you all to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. Hey, you! Pull over to the curb! What's the matter, officer? I wasn't doing anything, was I? No, not this time. I was just interested in that car of yours. Looks pretty neat for an old car. What do you use on it? All that? I use Johnson's Carnew. Well, I don't have but two days off a month, and oh, I... Oh, but Carnew wax, uh, cleans and wax polishes your car in one operation, and half the time it used to take. It's really sensational. It is, huh? Well, I'll be sure and try some on mine. Hey, you can go now, and uh, much obliged for the tip about Carnew. Uh, you're welcome, officer. This is the National Broadcasting Company. <laughs>